Welcome to this new Life Academy series on redemptive parenting. My name is Sue Kim. I'm one of the pastors at First Church, and I'm so excited for the series because it doesn't get more practical for parents than parenting. And we want to provide great Christian content that will form your life in Christ. Now, if you're like me, parenting is at once the most joyful thing and the most aggravating thing. It can be the most life-giving and also feel like death at the same time. There's so many highs and lows of parenting. And now, i got to give a disclaimer before we start. I'm not an expert. In parenting. I don't have a degree. I don't have a doctorate. Um, I've read a couple of articles. I've read some blogs. So I guess that makes me an internet expert, but I'm not an expert, but I do have experience. I've got five kids ranging from ages three to 12. And so I may not be an expert. I might be an expert at making kids, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm an expert at, at raising them. But what we're going to cover in these next four sessions is what I wish I knew when I started this parenting journey 12 years ago, of how Christ makes a huge difference, the difference in my parenting. And this isn't a parenting how-to. This is a framework that will allow you to make a huge difference in the way that you raise and parent your children. So what is redemption? It's not a word that we use on a regular basis. You might think of redeeming a coupon or redeeming your mileage or your points to get something. To, you give up something to gain something. You might think of a redemptive story, a story of redemption. Someone who was in a tough situation or someone that was in a bad situation. And we love redemption stories. Our movies, our literature is filled with redemption stories and redemption narratives. Or you might say that someone is so bad or so awful that they are beyond the point of redemption. So as a parent, uh, one of the things that I do is I'll eat burnt food. Um, if I'm cooking and I burn it a little bit, it's okay. It's a little crispy, a little crunchy, and I, I'll still eat it. It's still good. But there comes a point, even for a parent and even for a dad, where you burn a f- piece of food or a piece of meat so much that you can't eat that anymore. It's way beyond the five or 10 second rule. Um, It's beyond redemption. That is a charred piece of food that you can't enjoy anymore. So those are some of the ways that we might use the typical word for redemption. But for the Christian, what redemption means is that we are bought, that we are redeemed by a price to be freed from something by Christ's work. The Bible talks a lot about redemption. The first passage we're gonna look at is in Ephesians chapter one. And Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 says this, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. The word redemption is used again in the book of Colossians in chapter 1, verse 13, where Paul writes, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of of sins. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible says this, He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. And then Paul writes in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, 
and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So what is the result of all that Christ has done? And by the faith that we put in Him and His atoning sacrifice. Colossians 1.22 says this, He has now reconciled in His body of flesh by His death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before Him. The Bible says that through what Jesus has done, you and I are blameless before God, that we are without accusation. I don't know what time you're watching this. I'm recording this in the morning and driving down 75 this morning, I already had accusations against me. I had people yelling at me about how slow I'm driving in the left lane. I certainly don't feel blameless, but the Bible says that because of what Christ has done, because of what he has done through his death, his atoning death, his redemption, you and I are blameless before him. Now, a biblical story that illustrates this is in the story of Ruth in the Old Testament. If you've never read it, it's a fairly short book, so I encourage you to take a look at it. But in the book of Ruth, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, was the Israelite woman who was living outside of the land of promise. And in that land, her husband dies and her two sons die, and all she's left with are her two daughters-in-law. And she decides to go back home and she tells her daughters-in-law, you can just go, I'm gonna go back. There's nothing for me here. She even changes her name to Mara, which means bitter, because her life has seen nothing but death and hopelessness. Now, one of her daughters-in-law goes away, but Ruth says to Naomi, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And so in faith, Ruth follows Naomi to the land. And then through a series of divine coincidences, we meet a man named Boaz. And Boaz, by his character, redeems Ruth and Naomi. Now, this is through a cultural practice that we're not very familiar with on kinsman redemption. And we can't get into it too much here, but basically, Boaz had affection and love for Ruth. And because of his character, as an upright man, he redeems and does his duty and redeems Ruth and Naomi. And the book ends with them birthing a child. And Naomi, when she named herself bitter because of her life being nothing but death and hopelessness and now having hope and life through her grandson. And that grandson would be the grandparent of King David. A complete redemption story because of Boaz's character. Now, in that story, we see a couple things. One, we see that the redemption was not because of Ruth and Naomi. They were outside of the land of promise. They had no hope. Their redemption came because of Boaz's character. Second, in the book of Ruth, God is not mentioned very much. But behind all their little divine actions, all their daily things that they did, 
we see that God was working in their midst and on their behalf. And now for you as a parent, you might feel like you don't do very much, that the daily grind, where's God in all that? But the book of Ruth reminds us that God is behind all of our little actions. And of course, Boaz points to none other than Jesus Christ himself, the perfect redeemer, because of his affection for us. Though we lived outside of the land of promise, though we were not in his family, because of his character, because of his love for us, he redeemed us. So that is the biblical view of redemption. God, by his grace, saved us. And by faith, we are blameless before him. That means that sin, trouble, evil, death no longer have power over us. Now, believers might experience those things, but we're not owned by them. That we have been redeemed, we have been delivered from those things because of what Christ has done. Now, you might ask and say, you know, I don't feel very different. When I believe in Jesus, I don't feel very different. Well, if that's the case, I would encourage you to look at Pastor Doug's video on Am I Really a Christian? The link is below this video. And I encourage you to watch that to understand what it really means to be a Christian. That so often we don't experience this great change. But there's no doubt that a great change has occurred in you and has occurred in me. And now you might ask, well, what does this redemptive narrative and this redemptive framework have to do with parenting? Well, join us in our next episode when we're going to talk about how redemptive parenting changes us as parents. And I look forward to seeing you then.